want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 John, way in the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5. We're going to talk today about eternal life. I don't know what you believe about life after death. I, I don't know if you believe that there's life after death. Um, I, I don't know what a lot of people think about this subject, but I do know what the Lord Jesus believed. I do know what the apostles believed, and I know what the Word of God says about life after death, about heaven and hell. The Bible says this is the record. Right here in your hands is the record. It's the testimony, a testimony of what God has given us. And here in 1 John 5, 11, John says that the Bible is that record that God has given us eternal life. He says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So this right here is the record that God has given us this gift of eternal life. The eternal life is a, a gift from God, uh, according to our text, through his Son. God has given this gift through his son. We're, we're all about gifts and giving this time of year. And I, I believe that's okay. It's good. Well, the best thing about that is, this is the good news. God has given you a gift. It is the gift of his grace. Eternal life. A benefit of God's grace. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, he says, the wages of sin is death. Wages are what you work for, what you earn. At the end of life, you will get what's coming to you, and that is separation from God, death. But Paul continues in that verse, and he says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, a gift, a gift is something that you did not earn. God has given you a gift. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. And uh, he, he, he's just wanting to give it to you. It's the gift of eternal life. John 3.16 tells us the same thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that we could have eternal life. We have that same theme in that verse. Romans 5.15 continues that, telling us about a free gift of God's grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9.15 is a verse that we might hear a lot during the holiday season. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Every one of these verses and so many more in Scripture talk about this gift that God has given to us, a gift of eternal life. But that begs the question, why? Why would God cause the most valuable and expensive and indescribable thing in the universe to be a gift, a free gift. Why not do it to where we have it to earn? Well, I want to take the time we have this morning to illustrate that point. I have here a present. Here's a gift right here and uh, pretty well packaged and nice. Now, the whole idea of a gift is that you have a giver, and in this case it's going to be me. We have the gift, you see it here before me. 
and we need a recipient. So does anyone want the gift? Now, wait a minute. I, just a second. Hold on. There's a tag. To Leyland. Leyland. There you are. Leyland. There, you, there she is. Right, right here, down here. Well, Leyland, I, I, I guess you would want a gift. Yeah, she said, yeah, good. Okay, well, give me a few minutes and, and I'll, I, I'll give you the gift before we're done here today. But um, a gift is something that you don't deserve, something you don't earn. Now, have you watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special? How many have watched it? Raise your hand. You've watched it at one point in your life. Okay, well, I thought everybody would have. Since 1965, this show has aired every year. We can watch it on Apple TV now, not that I'm plugging Apple TV. But the iconic scene in this whole story is when Linus um, gets up and, and, well, Charlie Brown, he, he says, does anybody really know what Christmas is all about? And, and Linus, he gets up and he quotes Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now, Linus is going to explain Christmas. Now, just like Charlie Brown is recognized with his zigzag shirt, pig pen with that cloud of dust that follows him everywhere, Linus is known for his security blanket. Everywhere Linus goes, so goes that security blanket. Now, in fact, if you watch the, the special this week, you're going to see that this whole show is about that security blanket. Right from the very beginning, when they're skating on the ice, Snoopy comes and tries to snatch it away. Lucy um, puts Linus down for carrying it all through the show. But it's when Linus steps up to the microphone and he says, lights please. And he begins to, to quote, beginning in verse 8, you'll notice that he's holding the security blanket. But then as he quotes it, you still see him hanging on to it until he comes to verse 10. When he comes to verse 10, he says, fear not. Watch what happens to the blanket. Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So, did you see it? He gets to that verse, he says, Fear not, and he drops the security blanket. And it stays there at his feet for the rest of his reading of the Christmas story. Now, beloved, you might not know what is going to happen for you in your eternal life. But I am a born-again Christian. I know what the Word of God has told me. 
God has told me I have nothing to fear. I don't have to fear tomorrow because my Savior has already been into my tomorrow and to all my future and into my eternity. And he says, I, when I die, he says, I will come and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. I have nothing to fear because Jesus has saved me. Any insecurity that you have can just fall at your feet when you hear him say, fear not. Then at the end of this show, because like I said, it's all about this blanket. Uh, remember Charlie Brown had that puny little Christmas tree? And he goes out and, and he gets all discouraged. He hands one, one ornament on it. Whoop, it goes down. I want you to see what Linus does with his security blanket at that scene. a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Now, I want to tell you something. Charles Schultz, he designed this show around that scene. You see, when we take our fears and we lay them at the foot of the cross, we have nothing to fear. Jesus saves us. We just need to come and bring our fear to him. We need to take that fear and lay it at the cross. Because I have nothing to fear. And this morning I want to show you why you don't have to fear. I want you to know that when it comes to death, the, the question of life after death, there's nothing to fear if you have Jesus in your heart. You don't have to fear even the prospect of death itself. For our text tells us this is the record right here. That we have eternal life. And this life is in his son. Everything that you and I have in this life, we have received in one of four ways. You either earned it, you stole it, or it was given to you. And it could be that you found it. And found it and stole it are kind of close and similar. But I, I'm going to talk about three of those. I, I brought three things with me today. I brought this wallet. This is my wallet. It's been my wallet for over 40 years. This was a gift to me from a friend of mine, Art Mastronicola, down in Orlando, Florida. He handmade this wallet. And I've carried it with me. kind of looks like I've had it with me all these years. It, it, it still hasn't worn the threads. He, he did a good job, but it was a gift given to me that I used. I also have in this back pocket, you might have to just believe me because I can't. Oh, there it is. I have a comb. Now, I bought this comb. I, I bought it over at the Walmart. It came in a two-pack, and I didn't need but one, so I'm going to re-gift one to one of you today um, before it's all over. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But this is something I bought. I have, I have something that was given to me. I have something that I bought. And I have one other thing. And I'm not proud of this. But I'm going to tell you, I stole this pen. But in a way, I found this pen. Now, I, I stole it from the bank. But I found it in my pocket when I got home. So, I'm confessing my sin. And 
I sold a pen. So one's a gift, one is I purchased, one was stolen found. All of these possessions are like all of your possessions. Everything you have has either been a gift, you earned it, you stole it, you found it. So this begs another question. If you want to possess eternal life, which we're really talking about, how do you get it? How do you acquire the most valuable thing in the universe? Because there's one, if there's one thing that the Bible makes crystal clear, it is that eternal life is not something that you can earn or that you can pay for. Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says, Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you probably have this memorized. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There's that word again. A gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In this world... I had to work to buy my home. My wife and I both had to work for years and years and years to buy our home. That works here. You can do that here on this earth. You can't buy your eternal home in heaven with your works. This gift, let's say, let's say this gift represents eternal life uh, in heaven. Therefore, if it is the most valuable thing on the universe both now and forever, how would you purchase it? Leyland, you, this, this, I've told you this is your gift, and I'm going to get it to you, but how much money do you have with you? None. Um, silver? Gold? You got a check? Now, with all the money your daddy makes, you don't have anything? She has nothing. She has nothing. Poor thing. We'll take up a collection later. She has nothing. I want you to see this. This present and Leyland are a picture of everyone here today. When it comes to eternal life, you have nothing. You have nothing to pay. You, you could have a trillion dollars and that would not earn you a single moment of eternal life. If Leyland said, preacher, let me work for it. Let me earn it. Let me do something. What could she possibly do? If this gift represents eternal life, what could you do? What would you have to offer? If it's worth more than a trillion for just a single moment, you would have to work a thousand lifetimes and you would never make that much. You can spend the rest of your life doing nothing but good deeds and still not be able to earn it all of your money all of your good works do absolutely nothing to remove the sin from your life to put your name in the lamb's book of life the bible makes it clear you cannot earn eternal life so then if you can't earn it maybe you can steal it lately you think you can steal this from me i'm bigger than you are it's true you can't but you know why? Not because I'm bigger than you are. This, is, this, this has your name on it. This is your gift anyway. You can't steal that. You own it already. You see, we can't earn it. We can't steal it. You know, Jesus addresses that in John chapter 10. 
when he says, Verily I say unto you, that he that entereth not at the door of the sheepfold, but climbing up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, Jesus says that if you try to get in any other way than the door, and he's the door, he said, I'm the door. If we try to do it any other way, we are robbing. We're like a thief. You say, well, how, how many other ways are there? There's a lot of other ways people try to get to heaven by works. They try to get to heaven by religion. Oh, I shook the preacher's hand. Oh, I got baptized. I've done this. I've done that. But you're a thief and a robber if you try to get any other way but through Jesus Christ. Eternal life is not something that you can earn. It is not something that you can steal. It is not something that you can buy. It's only something that you have to receive. It's a simple gift from God. John chapter 1 verse 12, I love this verse. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You hear all the words about gifts and giving? God gave you the power. He gave you the gift. This is a gift. Eternal life is a gift. And there's only two things you can do with a gift. You can either receive it or reject it. If Leland tries to steal it, she's rejecting it. If you're trying to get to heaven by your terms, your way, you're trying to steal your way into heaven, and the Bible says no thief can enter in. Someone once told me, said, me and God, we, we have an understanding. He knows how I am. He knows I'm never going to change, and we're going to hash it all out in heaven. No, you're not. You're not going to make it there. And I'm sorry for that bluntness, but it's the absolute truth. Someone says, you know, I believe that all the good that I've done in my life compared to all the bad things I've done, it, it's going to equal out. It's going to be okay. And, and God's going to let me in. No, he's not. That's stealing. And you won't have a home in heaven. If Leyland tries to pay for it by being good, she's rejecting the free gift. Doing good works will not get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are not receiving it as a gift. You're rejecting it as a gift. The Bible makes it clear that eternal life is a free gift. Salvation is a gift from God. And there's only two things you can do with the gift that God is offering to you. The gift that Christ has already paid for. You either accept it today or you reject it. You can accept God's plan of salvation or you can reject his plan of salvation. You think, well, it can't be that easy. There has to be more. Well, there is. But here's the good news. It's not your part. It's all on God. God has done all the more that had to be done. In all of those verses in our text, it says the last two words are God's son. Every single te text we've spoken about talks about the gift is given because of his son. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that we might have eternal life. There's a reason that the gift and the son go together. It's because the son paid for the gift. When Jesus said, I am the door, it was a picture of salvation. You know how easy it is to walk through a door? You just, you just turn the knob, you walk in. But see, 
Somebody had to come before you, lay a foundation, build walls, build a door frame, hang the door, all that work somebody else had to do. All you do is you turn the key, you walk in. God made salvation easy because he's done all the work that he would be glorified. That's the way, that's the reason salvation is so easy. It's easy for us because he paid the price. Just because salvation is a gift does not make it cheap. The, the gift of salvation is easy because God did everything. God became flesh. He veiled his glory. He left the beauty of heaven for a womb. He was delivered into this world in a barn. He then lived the life of a carpenter. And ultimately, he went to the cross and into a borrowed tomb. And it was on that cross that he took my sin upon himself. He took your sin upon himself. And for the first time in all of eternity, he was separated from God. He experienced death. He who was sinless suffered the greatest. Suffered more than any man should have suffered. And yet he is God suffering the shame and the pain of the cross. But the good news is on the third day he arose from the dead to give us a victory over death and hell and the grave. To give us eternal life. Beloved, Jesus is the gift. What will you do with Jesus today? Will you reject him? You say tomorrow, you say next week, you're rejecting. Hopefully, prayerfully, you'll make it to next time, next week. But maybe not. Or are you going to accept him? You cannot do this on your own. You cannot get to heaven on your own way. The only thing God expects of you is to receive the free gift of God by faith. Believe what he says in his word. This is the record. This is the testimony. Believe what he says. He says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, well, preacher, you don't know the things I've done, bad things I've done. No, I don't need to know what they are because Jesus already knew them before he went to the cross. And he paid for your sin anyway. So I've been good. That doesn't matter. It says, whosoever will call upon him shall be saved. That's all the Lord asks you to do. Believe and receive the free gift of salvation. Laylan, do you want this gift? What do you want to do? You want to come get it? Yeah, come on. Thank you for playing with me, Laylan, but this is a gift for you. Yeah, sure. Now, wasn't that easy of her? I mean, it was kind of hard for her to get up in front of all these people and do that, but it was easy. She just walked up here and received the gift. That's all you have to do for Jesus. But has she received it? I just saw her put it down. She hasn't received that gift. Layland, open it up. <laughs> you see, you see, now wait a minute. This is a wonderful picture, beloved. You're welcome. A lot of people get to this point. They hear the gospel. They're moved. They want to, but they, they want to say, let's wait. 
you haven't received the gift until you've opened it. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to come today. Come to Savior. Come to Jesus. Call upon him like the word of God has told us. And you can be saved. So what will you do with the gift of God? It was just as easy as Leyland taking it, receiving it, opening it. Now it's hers. What will you do with Jesus this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we close this service, I ask that you would speak to every heart, Christians and the lost alike. God, that we would be sure that we have done it your way, that we believe in you and your word. We've not tried to do it by works. We've not tried to steal our way into heaven, come in some other way, but God, that we just trust and believe in you. For anyone here today that is lost, Jesus, I pray that you would speak to their heart, draw them to yourself, and that, Jesus, you would save them. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if this is really something that God is speaking to your heart this morning, that you want to be saved, you want to be a child of God, I want you to just speak a prayer in your heart. You, you, you don't have to say it out loud, just in your heart. He hears the prayers of your heart. And just say to him, say, dear Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving me, forgiving me, and making me your child. In Jesus' name. With our heads still bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, but somebody here today made that their prayer. I want to know that so that I can pray for you. I won't call you up, but I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand up, hold it up until I can see it, and then put it down. Someone here today. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to the free gift of eternal life, a life that you have paid for, secured for us, and now we can just live that life that you have saved us for. Because God, you loved us exactly where we were, but you love us too much to leave us there. You want to change us to be like you. So I pray that you would help us to do that, especially as we come into this new year and as we celebrate your coming. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to have an invitation. So if you have some questions about salvation, if you'd like to join our church, we'd love to have you. Whatever your decision may be.